The Adam Crowley Show. Are you putting me in a position to pull a Phil Kessel or something like that right now? Is that what you're saying? I think you did pull a Phil Kessel, and now we're calling you on it like we're calling Dunlap, baby. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Am I on the air right now? Yeah, you're on the air. Oh, I love it. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Wants to throw the pass. Back shoulder. Antonio Brown makes a man miss. He's up to 45 to 50. The 45 to 40. The 35 to 30. There it goes. Antonio Brown for a Pittsburgh Steelers touchdown. How about 79 yards? And that puts the cherry on top of the ice cream. Disgruntled Steelers wide receiver Antonio Brown sent out a tweet saying that the organization has the fans tricked. He's right. The organization had me tricked into thinking Brown and his teammates were good enough to make the playoffs this year. Or at least good enough to beat the friggin' Raiders. You've been tricked too. You thought you were getting the Crowley Show instead. You're getting me Tim Benz from the Allegheny Sport Travel and Outdoor Show in Monroeville. We're on a little early today as a result. Uh, I'm pulling double duty today, actually triple duty today. DVE morning show this morning, Crowley show now, auto show tonight at the convention center. My only question is, how much will Crowley be tipping me to do this program? It better be more than Matt Kutcher would. Then Zoso tonight, the best Led Zeppelin tribute band money can buy. Not my money, I'm going for free, consider it a tribute ticket. Uh, They are at stage AE and I will be there, you should too, so in tribute... Of the Zeppelin tribute band, Shirtless Tom is bumping back with all Zeppelin tunes today. Uh, I've only been here in Monroeville at the Allegheny Sports Travel and Outdoor Show now for about an hour. And already I have seen a camel, a porcupine, an eagle, a guy in a cage with a wolf, met a Sasquatch hunter, eaten a pound of beef jerky, and consumed about three North Country beers. Uh, You can learn about and see all sorts of marvelous creatures and then learn about the best way to kill and eat them right here at the Monroeville Convention Center, and we are going to be here for the next two hours, and they have all sorts of great exhibits here, uh, great sorts of attractions here. The professional walleye tournament fishing champ Dylan Nussbaum is going to be here, bass tournament rookie of the year Matt Becker, and, yes, Amy Boo, who is the second most famous Sasquatch hunter in the world after Jose Canseco. She will be here, and we're going to get her on at some point to talk to us about her Sasquatch hunting experiences. But first, let's get to it. The big news of the day from Steelers country, and it is big, according to Ian Rappaport. And Ben Roethlisberger tells us never to listen to Ian Rappaport, but I'm going to in this instance, Ben, sorry. Art Rooney II will meet with Antonio Brown in Florida. This after previous reports that Rooney had gone down there in an attempt to meet with Brown, and Brown wouldn't do it. Now word is Brown will, and at first I heard the reason why Brown was doing this was that Rooney wanted to smooth things over, so to speak, uh, if the goal is to find a course of action to best facilitate Brown's exodus from the team in a clean fashion, then that's great. I just don't want to see Rooney try to, quote, smooth things over. Um, That is toothpaste that's out of the tube. Uh, That is a horse that couldn't not be put back in the barn. At least that's my opinion. I hope that what is meant by the language here is not really smooth things over with AB because that can't be done. You can't try to find sanity 
in the insane. And Antonio Brown is insane. His actions, his approach to being a professional, it's not what a sane person would do. And I don't want to see Art Rooney II try to go down that path. Again, if the goal is to sit A.B. down with Drew Rosenhaus, maybe have Kevin Colbert there, have Omar Khan there, talk to him, tell him, these are the teams that we think would be interested in you. This is what we will take in exchange for you. If we can't get that in exchange, then you're going to stay here. And if you don't want to play for us, then you're going to be just like Le'Veon Bell. And you just spent $60,000 in goat rings. So we don't think you can sit out for a whole year. We don't think you've uh, saved enough of what you we paid you over the years. Go ahead and do it if you want. But if you don't want to play, that's your choice. Then don't play. But if we don't get X in return for you, you're not going to go. So act like a real person for a change. Get off social media for a change. Uh, take the blonde dye out of your mustache or shave it off. Like, this is the stuff that should be said by Rooney to Brown. This is the kind of conversation we should be having. How do we grease the wheels to get you out, not how do we try to talk you back into being happy here because that ship has sailed. In fact, the great irony is that within a couple hours of these two stories coming out, uh, the second story involving Brown today was this, that while you're hearing that Rooney wants to smooth things over with him, how in God's name is Antonio Brown going to smooth over with Ben Roethlisberger what he did on Twitter today? If you missed it, there's this guy who I guess is a Pittsburgh rapper, the, the incredible uh, irony about all this is he's a dude with 64 followers on Twitter, and this tweet has already gotten uh, 323 interactions, 188 retweets, and 1,000 or so likes as I look right now. And he's this guy, KIP, who's, just, like I said, I think a Pittsburgh rapper of some sort, with 64 friggin' followers. And he sends this tweet out. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, be like, get rid of A.B., he hits women. But be like, Big Ben is my hero. Wait, didn't he rape two college girls? WTF. But Colin Kaepernick still not signed. And then he has the shrugging I don't know emoji. A couple things on that. First of all, Steelers fans, don't be like, get rid of A.B. because he's hitting women. Steelers fans, be like, get rid of A.B. because he ain't showing up for work and he's throwing patio furniture off his roof, and he's driving 100 miles an hour down McKnight Road. That's why we be like, get him out of town. You know, I think people had their minds made up on that before the allegations came down as they did in Florida. And frankly, given the reports that came out, I don't think there's been close to the amount of reaction that we did see when Roethlisberger got in trouble eight years ago, nine years ago. You know, it's funny how as time goes along, we want to shift the narrative as to how that situation was really spun in Pittsburgh. The further we get away from it, the more people want to act like it was a non-story when it was the dominant story in Pittsburgh sports for about a year and a half. Let's not go back in time and change it to fit how we want the story to be told, which I think a lot of people are temp attempting to do on Twitter when they're trying to defend A.B. And what I mean by that is they're making it a race thing. I mean, look at this guy's tweet that's gotten so much attention. The point is, A.B. liked this tweet, okay? A.B. actually hit the like button on that tweet. Again, Antonio Brown, to underscore, hit the like button on a tweet that mentioned A.B.'s sexual, excuse me, uh, Ben Roethlisberger's sexual assault allegations. Like, let that sink in for a second. 
Antonio Brown is endorsing someone throwing a tweet out there reminding the world of what Roethlisberger was accused of doing back in 2009 and 2010. And he's conflating it by throwing the Colin Kaepernick angle of discussion in here. Again, to use the word, what's ironic about that? In 2014, what do you think Colin Kaepernick was accused of doing? He was alleged in the same way that Brown was alleged, in the same way that Roethlisberger was alleged, of misconduct with a woman at a hotel in Miami. And this guy's trying to victimize him. And Antonio Brown, and apparently 1,100 of you dummies out there are also stupid enough to think that there's some merit to this tweet when Colin Kaepernick was accused of, saying, of doing the same thing. So it's just, how do you come back from this, is my question. How is Art Rooney II expecting Ben Roethlisberger to get along with Antonio Brown after everything that's been said up until this point, and then you get the cherry on the Sunday with this today? 412-922-2874, those are the numbers to call. Tim Benz in for Adam Crowley today on ESPN Pittsburgh. And as I wrote about in the trib, I think part of the reason why Rooney has to do this Part of the reason why Art Rooney II has to go and meet with Antonio Brown is that he needs to understand, Brown does, that he's not in control here. And I think he thinks that he is. Like, he sent out that goodbye tweet, remember? Two days ago, thank you, Steeler Nation, nine big years, time to move on and move forward. And, and actually, it was a pleasant, grounded message. It was kind of outreach. The video even included hugs and warm moments with Ben Roethlisberger, the same guy who 48 hours later, he is endorsing someone accusing of rape twice. You know, he is the apparent subject of Brown's discontent in Pittsburgh, and this video still includes hugs and touchdown passes and high fives and celebrations and dialogue of the two in the video that he edited together. Now, when I saw that post, it struck me as the lone, mature, sane, human thing Brown has done during this whole divorce he's trying to engineer with the Steelers. Then I thought about it some more, and that's when I realized this is as A.B. as A.B. gets. Like, I'll grant him this. He was trying. His heart was in the right place. He and whoever he hired to edit that video, they tried to hit the right notes anyway. Keep something in mind, though. Just because Brown is asking for a trade doesn't mean he is going to get one. And I don't think the Steelers are really desperately trying to keep him. I think they're trying to grease the wheels to get him out of town, but Brown has to help. You know, he hasn't been guaranteed his release. He hasn't been guaranteed even a trade yet. Unless Brown and his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, know something we don't, no deal is in place, and the inference that a meeting is taking place infers to me that they haven't come to a conclusion. So now that we know a conclusion needs to still be reached, then it makes even less sense that Brown did what he did. If general manager Kevin Colbert doesn't get a return to his liking, the Steelers may not trade Brown. If Rooney is so nauseated by the notion of Brown engineering his own ticket out of Pittsburgh, he might not acquiesce by cutting him no matter how much he pouts. So let me be clear. Those options would be the best possible outcomes to end this ridiculous situation. Get Brown out of town and perhaps get some return in a deal. The Steelers need to find a partner, though. Or they need to accommodate A.B.'s whim and cut him. This latest development is just 
So, Antonio Brown. He requested a trade and then pronounced his finality as if it's a fait accompli, and he did so within a matter of hours. That is the quintessential Antonio Brown move. I want something, so give me everything I want right now. I want the ball on every play. I want to stream on Facebook Live. I want to practice and show up for meetings when I see fit. I want to arrive at camp in a helicopter but live off campus. I want my kids to run around to the end zone during practice and my own social media crew on the sidelines. I want to talk only on Fridays. I want the team MVP every year. I want the speed limit to be 100 miles per hour. I want a blonde mustache. I want the quarterback to praise me at every turn and never criticize me. Now A.B. wants to be in San Francisco, sending him there or anywhere is likely best for everybody involved. The only thing I hate about that potential outcome, though, is Antonio Brown getting his way. You know, I don't want to see Antonio Brown get his way either, but I want to see the Steelers get away from being the circus sideshow that they have become. And I don't know, Tom, if you got it back in the studio, do you have that Alvin Gentry clip that we sent? Um, you, you got it. You do have it or you don't have it? Yeah, let's, let's play it. Okay, this is Alvin Gentry. Uh, last night, of, of all things, I'm working in an NBA soundbite to this. Head coach of the Pelicans. And you know the whole gong show that has been the Anthony Davis situation, right? You know, he wanted out. They thought they were going to be able to trade him. They couldn't figure out a way to trade him. Uh, he was brooding and pouting. And last night he gets hurt, and he leaves the game with a shoulder contusion at halftime. But he leaves with his agent. Doesn't report back to the team on the bench. Just leaves the arena. So this is almost akin to what A.B. did to a certain degree. And listen to how Alvin Gentry discussed what took place or what has been taking place with his team. I'm happy for all of them. I'm happy for all of them. Adam Crowley. You don't know any of the lyrics? There are no lyrics. <laughs> but if I had to mix them up, I would probably go with, Oh, Chechnya, oh, Chechnya. I love this freaking country. The Adam Crowley Show. Love that show. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Far side, Gensel to the tang along the goal line. Centers in her front. Shot by Bluger. He shoots and scores. Denny Bluger in front. And the Penguins have taken the lead 2-1 to one here in period number two. Oh, get that little dog off my lawn. I understand why he calls him a little dog. I don't think he's that little. They have, they have smaller players on that team. They played with Connor Sherry for how many years? He's bigger than Simone. I know that. Tim Ben's in for Adam. We're at the Allegheny Sports Travel and Outdoor Show. Make sure you join us here in Monroeville at the Convention Center. Lots to see and do here. Plenty of exhibits. If you're a fisherman, uh, they got some fishing championship Winners, uh, we've got a, well, Tom, you're going to love this. We actually have Amy Boo. We have scheduled at 420, Amy Boo, the world's second best known Sasquatch hunter. Wow, who's the first? Uh, I think I have a feeling who the first best known is. Is it Jose Canseco? It is Jose it Canseco. Is Jose Canseco. And, talk- and aliens, right? That's part of the excursion, too. It's Sasquatch and aliens. Well, as Amy will tell you, Tom, we don't know that that's a difference. <laughs> we don't really know that... Sasquatch and Bigfoot that they aren't aliens. That's going to come up in the conversation. Wow, that's a twist. Now, Kellen and I out here have already been debriefed on the ins and outs of Sasquatch hunting, and that is one of the (laughs) storylines that perhaps Sasquatches are aliens because, as we talked about on the DV show, when the news came out that Jose Canseco was going to take you Sasquatch hunting, you know, how come we never see Sasquatch carcasses? 
right? How come you've never seen a dead Bigfoot on the side of the road like you've seen dead deer True. on the side of the road, right? Yeah. Maybe right? because their home planet species are coming and zapping up the bodies exactly. for further research when they die. Well, right? Yeah. Makes or a they lot of just sense. like, you know, they, they crawl around and then, like, they've got their time on Earth. They, they punch a clock eight hours a day and then they get beat <laughs> back they go up right again. Back up. So, uh, yeah, so Jose Canseco is doing this. Now, you heard my working theory, didn't you, that I advanced on the DV morning show? Uh, what he's doing? Run it by me again. That Sas- you will see a Sasquatch. You're guaranteed to see a Sasquatch. He guarantees that. He, yeah, well, yes, you are guaranteed because <laughs> wow. you know what who the Sasquatch is. It's Mark McGuire in a gorilla costume. <laughs> That's who the Sasquatch is. This is just is. a big scam in classic Canseco fashion. Right, and like it's not apparently. At least I wish Val was still here because I would have asked her because she's the one that read the story. Val was out here for DVE earlier, right oh, yes. next to us, and uh, she's the one that read the story. And I believe she said like. There's not even a place determined as to where you go to see the Sasquatch. I think it's determined on <laughs> how knows. much money he raises. So, Jose like, if, knows where it's if at. two people do it, if like his steroid dealer and his neighbor do it, then all they're going to do is go out in the backyard. But if like <laughs> 200 people want to go Sasquatch hunting with Jose Canseco, Jose Canseco, then they'll go to, you know, a yeah. national forest in Wyoming. Exactly. Or, you know, they'll go up to. I think Washington State is the hotbed of Sasquatch. Am I wrong on that? Or Well, or, I think the right person to ask is coming up at 420 on this show, We will show, ask right? her, yes. yes exactly. you know, she has had an experience. She told us about really? her experience. Yeah, she does had she, contact. Does she have any hard evidence that she's brought to the outdoor show to try to sway people's opinion who might be doubters? Well, no, not her own photos oh, or anything okay. like that. Like, okay. I don't think she had a camera at the time when she <sighs> had her experience. But she says that out of nowhere, logs have been thrown at her. Whoa. Stones have been thrown at her. Now, that could be a Sasquatch, or it could be gravity. <laughs> uh, we'll determine that when she joins us, but that's Amy Boo, the uh, top Sasquatch hunter in the world, not named Jose Canseco. She will be on with us at 420 from the Sport Traveling Outdoor Show. Now, let's get to the other big topic before we get to the Penguins here a little bit. And no, I'm not talking about Antonio Brown. We'll recircle back to that when Neil Kulong from Steeler Wire joins us. But the three of us right now need to determine... What are we getting tipped today from Crowley for doing this show while he's out? He's at a wedding, right? He's at a wedding in Colorado, yes. That is, that is prime Sasquatch territory in and of itself, correct? <laughs> that is true. You probably now, have a Squatch encounter while he's out there. Do you know the actual difference between a Yeti and a Sasquatch? Uh, yes, I believe the Sasquatch is more in the Pacific Northwest and the Yetis kind of are more towards Canada and the colder climates. So what would the Rocky Mountains be for Sasquatch country? Hmm. Is that Yeti country it, or is that Sasquatch country? Maybe that could be a unique like cross ground for them where you have the Sasquatches running around at the base of the mountains and then at the, uh, the peak of them you have the Yetis. Kellen, do you have any insight of this or you're just choking on the peppered I, beef I, I'm jerky? I'm just laughing. I, I have no idea. I have no clue. I'm assuming up there would be Yeti ter- territory, though. I didn't say this to embarrass you when we did this, but you do know, speaking of tips, you stole that beef jerky, right? Like, I paid that guy six bucks for three pieces. You didn't get an additional three pieces. You just took it, and the man was too <laughs> oh, nice to say no. anything. No, it was, there was three pieces for three dollars. Oh, I thought it was, are you sure about that? Yeah. Oh, Kellen. I wouldn't have given you that much then. I would have just <laughs> kept the rest for myself. I so you just got tipped in beef jerky. Correct. Which is better my, than. Yeah, my tip's taken care that's of. That's better than what that guy in Mexico got from Matt Kutcher. Yeah, it is. No. I mean, 5K is pretty good. You can get a lot of beef jerky. Yeah, beef jerky, yeah. yeah. There's another question. How come we've never seen Sasquatch jerky? 
Of all the things that are hunted and killed here at the Allegheny Sports Travel and Outdoor Show, not one mounted Sasquatch. Well, he is the spokesperson for Jack Link's beef jerky, though. We That's know that. true. Ah. So That's right. He is yes, involved in the jerky point. game. So he's sold out already. He is already sold out, <laughs> Business yes. is booming for the Sasquatch. <laughs> Bigfoot is booming. So, no, where do you come down on the Kutcher thing? I think he's a total cheapskate. I mean, based on what people have told me, that 10% is standard fee for caddies who win a tournament, he won $1.3 million. But then you advanced some new information to me that this guy is just a fill-in caddy and really wasn't yeah, doing so, okay, the job. I'll, I'll give credit where it's due. You know, like, I'll yeah. steal something from them since they stole your AB jersey idea. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they on, on the other station, they had Ryan Burr on, who's now with the Golf Channel, formerly worked here at, at uh, AT&T Sports, and I guess it was Root Sports back when Ryan was here. And he said that this guy, uh, who was his caddy, wasn't really a caddy. His caddy wasn't at the tournament, so we got a Philly guy. Like, he's got a caddy who's on salary. So that guy just wasn't at this tournament. I think it was at a wedding or something, like Crowley. Wow. And what they should do, actually, is then take it out of that guy's salary and give it to this dude, right? That makes a lot of sense. But if you are, from what I understand, I know nothing about golf. I'm not pretending to. I'm just going off of what Ryan said. But what Ryan said is this guy wasn't giving him distances, wasn't giving him club length, wasn't giving him green reads or anything to that effect. All this guy was doing was literally carrying the bag. Now, I don't know if there is a $10,000 gap or an $85,000 gap between what you win and what the guy gets because of what he does reading the greens and giving club lengths versus the labor of carrying the bag in and of itself, but that apparently is part of the explanation. Do you buy it now? Does that sway you over to Kutcher's side at all now? It sways me over a little bit more because I think that that 10% and that such a handsome fee for a golfer that wins is because caddies are very much like a teammate for the golfer, giving him distances, telling him which clubs to use, and it changes day by day. They know the course in a lot of ways more than the golfer itself will know the course. So if this guy was just really carrying his bag and he's just a normal caddy at this country club that they were playing at and you know he goes out for every regular guy from Monday through Friday, then yeah, I mean $5,000 and getting to caddy for a PGA professional seems like a pretty sweet day for this guy now. Can I guarantee sudden. you what's going to happen here? Yes, I make guarantee. To you that because his name is David Ortiz the real David Ortiz is going to step in and make up the difference and just give the guy the money. It's a and PR he, slam dunk for David Ortiz. He's going to be hired by the Red Sox, and he's going to be part of the grounds crew or <laughs> Throughout something. the first or, pitch, maybe. Like, he'll be the guy behind the green monster that, that turns the numbers, or you know, he'll be the guy <laughs> in the the Wally costume or something to that effect. Like that will be his job. Since he's the caddy, he should just be the bat boy. It's a very parallel move, I feel like. You know, a very similar thing. They hand the bats to the players. They take care of the helmets run out the gloves whenever there's three outs recorded and they're on the base paths. You know what? Uh, we failed, I guess. We didn't do a uh, we didn't do a cheese tease. Did West do a cheese tease? West didn't we... do a cheese tease either. Crowley's very uh, guarded about the cheese tease. Oh, is this a Crowley decision? Because I would have been willing to do it. Oh, I know everybody would be willing to do it. It's just Crowley, no, I would not you know... be shirtless. You would still be shirtless. Well, that's my that's me. Yes, of course. I don't know if you're you allowed can, to be. You can be shirtless if you want to be. Has anybody else ever choice. been shirtless but you? Oh, yeah. There's been other shirtless people. Who? But they just... I think Brian's gone shirtless. Crowley's taken a shirt off. And well, we were in diapers at one point early in the cheese oh. these days. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now, I would think then you would have to wear some sort of shirt here. Like, we'd have to go bizarro world. Oh, Tim, see, I was there earlier today, and I was telling Brian this. The cheese tees there could have been oh. incredible. Are I mean, there's just me? so many props. I so could have shot animals. you with an arrow. <laughs> I could have put you in that wolf cage. There's, there's, a there's wolf literally cage. a guy here. There's, I'm not kidding. There's a guy here who's sitting in a wolf cage. 
I could have I could have fed you to the porcupine. There's a camel, Tim. There's a yeah, you could have ridden the, you could have ridden the camel, camel shirtless. There's a bunch of boats we could have gotten into. And given the Zoso connection, and, and, and thank you for playing the Zeppelin tunes coming back. I appreciate the efforts there being our DJ. Yeah. But we could have dressed you up like Jimmy Page and had you or <laughs> Robert Plant. Those guys were shirtless all the time, but we could have given you sort of a Zeppelin look while you rode the camel. Oh, my gosh. That's what we were talking about with Brian. It was such a missed opportunity, all because Crowley just had to go to this wedding in Colorado. All right, Tom, uh, we're going to get Neil Kulong in just a little bit. Before we do that, quick uh, Penguins thought or two here. First of all, the lines. Uh, I want to give you the lines that were in practice today. It looks like Tanner Pearson is going to be the guy out, as if you would notice the difference. Uh, But with Evgeny Malkin coming back, it appears that you're going to have Gensel, Sid, and Rust up top. Bukestad on the right, Kessel on the left. Ugh, don't know about that. Malkin in the middle. Uh, Kessel is always loath to play the left wing. And depending on how much power play time he gets or doesn't get, if he's pouting about that and playing out of position, you're going to get a very watered-down version of Kessel. The third line, McCann between Hornquist and Bluger. And then Zach Aston Reese with Cullen and Garrett Wilson, presumably if Pearson is the guy out. Uh, I wrote about this for the Trib today, about the Penguins going into this weekend. I don't think it's too much to ask for them to get a sweep this weekend. After all, uh, they've now gotten to the point here where... Here's a number for you to chew on if you're a Penguin fan. At the 50-game mark last year, the Pens went on an 11-1-1 tear, which went a long way to securing 100 points. Their playoff position is the second seed in the Metro. This year, they're now 57 games deep, and they've had no such stretch in the second half. As a result, they don't have any playoff security. Four points this weekend would go a long way towards pushing something like that into reality in 2019. Now then, you're at the point where your four-game winning streak counters that four-game losing streak that you just had, as opposed to that four-game losing streak countering the eight-game winning streak that you had. I mean, the Penguins have been kings this year of... Eight-game win streak bracketed by loss to the Blackhawks, loss to the Senators. You know, they had themselves a five-game win streak that was cut to a three-game win streak because of overtime loss to the Senators, loss to the Blackhawks. All right, so you take four of those points, okay? Four of those points. Let's tell you what, I'll get a little bit greedy. Give me five of those points. Now they're just a point behind the Caps for second place. You know, at least they're more secure and they're above the Canadians and they're above the Blue Jackets. They're, they're by themselves in the third playoff slot as opposed to sharing that with Columbus and just an eyelash in front of the Carolina Hurricanes for being out of the playoffs. That, to me, are the moments, those to me are the moments that they've frittered away in this season. But these two games this weekend, Calgary and the Rangers, let some of these numbers wash over you for a minute. Calgary uh, currently tied right now for the best point total in all of hockey uh, with Winnipeg and uh, the San Jose Sharks. Let let me retract that. In all the Western Conference, Tampa is the best point total in all of hockey. But Calgary tied with Winnipeg and San Jose for the best in the Western Conference in 75. Uh, They've lost their last four, though. They score a lot, 3.6 goals per game. That's the third best in hockey. Their power play percentage is ninth best. But along those lines... They are slumping, and this is a time for the Penguins to get right, and these are the games the Penguins tend to win. When they go up against good teams, they tend to play well. They are the Steelers in that regard, but when they play bad teams, that's when they stink, which is why I'm worried about the Ranger game 
actually more than I am worried about the game against the Flames. You know, these kind of tricky co-afternoon starts, Saturday and Sunday, those are a little funky as well. But the Rangers come in, 56 points, second worst in the Metro. Only Anaheim generates fewer shots per game than New York does at 28.6. And New York scores 2.73 goals per game. That's the worst in the Eastern Conference. Their penalty kill isn't very good, 77%. That's 25th. And they have just nine road wins. Only the Devils and Senators have fewer. So stop fiddling around and take care of the Rangers when you should take care of the Rangers. Do what you normally do and play well at home against a Western Conference team. Take care of business when you should and stretch out a win streak a little bit. Instead of just, you got two games, that's nice, make it into a win streak. You're good enough to do that. You know, like Mike Sullivan said, that inconsistency is the reason why this team hasn't gotten to another level. He's right about that. But he's got to figure out a way to get them to accomplish that goal. And this would be a large step in that direction. It's a little late. It's later than last year. But get on that roll now that you did in late January here in mid-February. And you get the same result effectively by the end of the season. And you're at least not in the wild card scenario where you have to play Tampa in a best of seven in the first round. Get back to Steeler talk. When we return, Neil Kulong from Steeler Wire joins me. Tim Benz in for Adam at the Monroeville Convention Center. It's the Allegheny Sports Travel and Outdoor Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Adam Crowley. Come with me and you'll see it's a world filled with all the meat that you want. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Then first and ten, shotgun snap. He's back, throws along down the sideline, and the pass is caught, and that's Antonio Brown stepping into the end zone for the Pittsburgh Steelers touchdown. He just blew by the corner, and Jackson did not have a chance. Yeah, plenty of Steelers news today. Tim Ben's in for Adam at the Allegheny Sport Travel and Outdoor Show here at the uh, Monroeville Convention Center. We're going to be here up until 5. It's going on all weekend. We are just down the way here from the Dog Training Center, what they call the Curlin Canine Training Center. So if you go duck hunting and you want your dog to go get the duck, they'll train your dog how to do that. So when you hear the duck call in the background, uh, that's not Kellen gagging on his squatch jerky that we bought earlier. That is the uh, duck training that's going on for these dogs. So they got that. They got the canoe and kayak fishing seminar from Bob Fry, author and writer from Everybody Adventures 535 Media with the Trib, of course, uh, that connection there. Bob will be uh, on, what is it, the 17th. So that will be on Sunday. And the wild world of animals every day, nationally known experts Jamie and Grant Kemmer. They will be here from 84 PA throughout the course of the weekend. And joining me right now to talk some Steelers from Steeler Wire. You can hear my NFL Minutes at Steeler Wire and all the Wire platforms for USA Today. It's Neil Kulong. Neil, good to catch up. It's been a long time. How you been? Definitely, definitely. I've been good. How are you? Uh, could we interest you in any Sasquatch jerky? <laughs> Sounds fantastic. Sounds Have you fantastic. Ever- How much does that run per pound? Uh, was it about six bucks for three that we determined? Yeah, six bucks for three. Now, I would think yeah. that, that Brett Kiesel and all of his hunting acumen would have come across a Sasquatch at least once in his life if they existed. Don't you believe that? 
I would have figured at least he'd market the jerky. That, that seems like something up his, his alley. He could probably yeah. make some, some money on that. That's right. He should go and sell it tonight at the Shear the Beard event. <laughs> I get five cents in perpetuity. Tell him that. Yeah, you know what? I wonder if Antonio Brown would have the guts to show up at the Shear the Beard like James Harrison did last year, right? <laughs> See the dyed blonde flakes of, of mustache <laughs> that he had on the crown. Shear the stash. Yes, we should do <laughs> Shear the stash. Shear the stash. There it is. The only question is where it's going to be. Uh, yeah. Somewhere in Florida where Art Rooney's looking for him. Exactly. And that's where I'm going next. What's going to be easier to locate, a Sasquatch or Antonio Brown in Florida? Because AB, <laughs> I, according to I, Ian Rappaport, who Ben Roethlisberger tells us we should never believe, but Ian Rappaport and now Jeremy Fowler, he is uh, confirming this. I don't know what you found at Steeler Wire yourself, Neil, but uh, it certainly sounds like a meeting is taking place between Art Rooney II and Antonio Brown. Yeah, I think if, if anything, they should probably just figure out, Drew Rosenhaus' agent should figure out a way to, to keep Antonio Brown out of social media for at least a week until uh, it, it, some of this blows over. I mean, just the idea that, uh, one, a report like that uh, leaking probably comes from the Steelers' side of things in, in an effort to show the public they're trying to reach out to him um, even at great lengths. And I understand that people don't think it's a big deal for any for Art Rooney to get on a plane. But think of the situation that all of this represents. The owner of the team has to go find the player to discuss the fact that he's under contract, all the issues that he had, these, these are things maybe we can work through. Let's sit down and talk about it. And for Antonio Brown to see that report and then respond essentially that, uh, the, 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 what was it? The team is all on, or the, the, uh, they got the fans, fans are all on the team side because of, you know, whatever it is the team's putting out there. It's like, okay, enough is enough here. And then I, to me, it's just my opinion, totally speculating. I don't think there's any way in the world it wasn't Drew Rosenhaus himself that leaked to Rappaport that, oh yeah, he's going to meet with them and he's doing this out of respect for the owner. If anything, I think Art Rooney, um, really is, is, is showing up looking for Antonio Brown um, to have this conversation with him, lay out in front of him, look, I can tell you right now, you're going to play in Pittsburgh next year, you're not going to play at all. And if you don't play at all, you don't get paid, and I can request to have the signing bonus that we gave you back. I'm not, you know, I might even suggest you don't have it, so I'm not sure you have much of a choice here. Or I can say, quit being an a-hole on social media so we can drum up some trade value to get you where you want to go. If yeah, you, you t- yeah, exactly, Neil. That's that, that's a lot of what I want. Happen. Yeah, it's a lot. Sorry, you broke up for a second, or I broke up for a second. I apologize there. Um, yeah, that's exactly. You touched on a lot of points that I wanted to get to. So let me uh, go back through a few of them because I, I think you made a lot of, of of comments I did in the open. And and let's start off with the tweet that he sent out today. And as you referenced before, if you're going to play for the Steelers, you're not going to play at all. Yeah, I guess Rooney could have that approach. I hope he doesn't. Like, I hope this is not an effort to smooth things over with A.B. I hope this is an effort where they come together on the same page to grease the wheels out. Because if you're Ben Roethlisberger and you see that Antonio Brown liked a tweet today from some guy in Pittsburgh who tagged him into it that brought up Roethlisberger's sexual assault allegations of almost a decade ago now, like, how do you work things out with him after stuff like that? How, how do you put that horse back in the barn? Yeah, I don't know if you're able to repair that relationship, but the bigger problem is what team is going to give up any kind of value uh, for a receiver 
that is actively on a day-by-day basis burning every bridge that he can find. And Pittsburgh has more bridges, I hear, from the Duck Boat Tour than any other city in the world. <laughs> with that, he's, he's seemingly you know, happy with the idea that he can destroy all of them on his way out of town. The Steelers aren't going to get anything for him. And the Steelers have all of the leverage. Whatever it is that he wants to post um, and, and talk about and like, certainly he's free to do that, but not if he wants to be traded. And he's not going to be released because the team has no reason to do that. The cap number for Antonio Brown is basically the same, whether he's on the team, whether he's released, or whether he's traded. They don't need to get rid of him. There's no real motivation for them to do that. If he doesn't show up, if he doesn't practice in, in good faith, he doesn't get paid, and they can ask to return his bonus. So with all of that, the more damage he's doing, um, trying to act as if he can force his way out of town, the less he's going to be able to do that in, in the end. So I, I would agree with you. I don't necessarily think uh, Rooney needs to go there to, to talk to him to try to smooth things over. He has that ability. Um, I, I think it's more I'm reaching out to you in good faith to see if you you know might want to kind of clam up for a little while and see if we can't work out some kind of deal because I've paid you a lot of money. I want to get something back on this. If you want to go where you need to go, you need to help me help you. I, I think that's probably more the tone of the conversation. And that's way more than, than, in my opinion, Art Rooney should be giving any player. He just probably wants to get something of a, a return on what turns out to be a, a pretty rough contract for the Steelers. Neil Kulong is with us from Steeler Wire. We are at the Allegheny Sports Travel and Outdoor Show. Tim Venn's in for Adam today. Neil, when you examine where Antonio Brown could go and what could come back in exchange to the Steelers, a lot of people are saying now, well, he can't get more than a third-round pick in return. I don't think that's the case. I still think there would be a trade market for A.B., and I think that organizations out there are going to talk themselves into believing that it only went bad here in Pittsburgh because he doesn't like Ben and he'll like the new quarterback and he'll be eight years a good soldier as he was in Pittsburgh, or maybe at least seven. Uh, what's your opinion? Martavis Bryant, for instance, one-tenth the receiver of Antonio Brown with an even more checkered past in terms of suspensions anyway for the National Football League. He got a third-round pick last year. Don't you think the Steelers can do better than a third, as I've so often heard reported? I think the, the biggest issue here, and this, this is really the bottom line. You can't get past this. There's no precedent to trade Antonio Brown in the current era of the CBA. What they have right now, there has not been a player um, with his conduct as well as his production and his contract uh, that has you know, demanded a trade uh, out of the team that he was with. The most recent ones that you can look at, and this really kind of polarizes the issue, uh, Amari Cooper goes to a, a distressed uh, Cowboys team in kind of a non-arms-length transaction in the sense that they probably overpaid a little bit, all things considered, because it was in season. They really needed a receiver. Uh, Oakland kind of had them over the barrel a little bit. Um, if you want to bracket that with the Martavis Bryant trade, I think Oakland probably grossly overpaid, thinking they were going to be able to get uh, a little bit more out of Bryant. And um, I don't honestly, I have no other explanation than than that for the Oakland trade. But on the other side, if you want to look at uh, talented. Um, I'll put it in quotes, problematic receivers, a guy like uh, Josh Gordon uh, fetches a fifth-round pick from a team that's probably equally distressed. You could make that same argument for them. Um, you put all these things together, where is Antonio Brown in any of that? I think all of it really just it creates a, a muddled uh, market. It, it, it's difficult to say that there really is a picture um, it, to, to suggest he's either tradable or he's not. I'm not sure, but the, the, the common nomenclature is, 
there's only one uh, team that, that you need to be able to make a deal. So with that, um, I don't know. I, I want to think of 31 teams in the NFL, of the best receiver the NFL has seen in a decade, somebody's going to be willing to pay something. Um, I don't think it, it's going to be a, a two-first-round pick type of deal. I think it could be a high second. Pittsburgh might take that. I don't think Pittsburgh has to take a third. And I, because of that, I don't think they will. They're not going to want the reputation that Antonio Brown forced his, his position and forced the team to take a, a massive loss on what was a good faith contract that they made to him uh, just, just two years ago. Uh, the, the, the amount of uh, contract restructures that they've given him, the cash that they fronted him, uh, the bonus that they already paid him, you put all that together, they're going to want more back. So if the market isn't there for a first or a, a, an early second-round pick, I don't think he's going to get traded. And I don't think the Steelers have a problem doing that at this point. Only got 60 seconds here, Neil, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the specifics of Lev Bell to the Ravens, which is starting to gain some traction. I know it's been talked about a few times in the NFL Network. Your opinion as to whether or not that could be a destination for Lev, and if not, where? How does the transition tag come into play as well? I think the idea of uh, Bell picking and choosing where he wants to go is the exact reason why the Steelers will put the franchise tag on him. Uh, in my opinion, the two best suitors for and the most logical options are the Jets and the Colts. Those are two teams in the AFC. I really don't think the Steelers are going to want him to do that. Um, putting a transition tag on him, they're spending the exact same amount of cap space in doing that that they had for the franchise tag last year. I mean, for, for Bell to not play uh, last season almost dared the Steelers to use the transition tag again. I think the Steelers um, have operated like this when it comes to uh, certain free agents over the years. They'll let them go into the market to determine their value, and they'll they'll say, if you want this much money and you can get it, go get it. Otherwise, here's our offer. This is what we want. The transition tag basically tells Bell, you can go into the market and see what you can get. We think you might not get the deal that you think that you're going to get. If you get an offer that's something around what we want, we'd like to have you back. If that works for you, this is why we're doing what we're doing. The transition tag doesn't lock a player into place. So it, it, it really just gives the team the right um, to, to match any contract offer that, that Bell would have signed himself. So obviously uh, he doesn't mind uh, the compensation he would have gotten in this hypothetical situation. The key thing is going to be something of uh, a combination of years and whether or not um, the, the team that would sign him in this case, uh, when he's on the transition tag, uh, if they want to put in uh, a no-trade clause. If they did something like that, that might get the Steelers to reconsider, but um, it, it's not a poison pill type of clause. They, they, they've outlawed that essentially in the NFL. So with all of that, uh, the Steelers are protecting themselves more than anything else. Um, I think any offer that the Ravens would make them, they'd match just to keep them out of, of Baltimore. I'd say the same for Cincinnati and Cleveland, too. Thanks, Neil. Good catching up with you. I'll save you some Sasquatch jerky. Awesome. Thanks, Tim. We'll talk to you. Neil Kulong from Steeler Wire and all the Wire platforms. Check out their work via USA Today, and uh, you can hear my NFL minutes as they are posted there regularly throughout the course of every month, even in the offseason. When we come back, I'm going to dive back into that Lev Bell conversation. I know AB is the story of the day. I'll reset that for you, but uh, I do want to get back into uh, some Levy and Bell conversation as well. Uh, we will have Amy Boo, renowned Sasquatch hunter, joining us here at the Allegheny Sports Travel and Outdoor Show, and Rob Rossi, a Sasquatch attack victim. He'll share his tragedy before the top of the 5 o'clock hour when we wrap up here in Monroeville here on ESPN Pittsburgh.